This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, but we've we've kind of been talking about this slate of games the last couple of episodes coming up. Like, all right, the Bruins have a really difficult schedule the next couple of weeks. And, you know, don't look now, but they're already three games into that, right? You've played Tampa, you've played Florida, and you've played Carolina, and you're two and one. Um, and again, that that Panthers loss, which we haven't really touched on, but it was it was just kind of one of those. I, I don't want to blow it off because it's not – you don't want to – alleviate them completely of blame and, and whatnot and how they played but it was kind of a scheduled loss i mean they've been you know you're, you're 17 and three you've lost or you're 17 and two going into the game you've lost two games in like 45 days to start the season obviously you're due for a loss um you're just, starting you're starting your your number two goalie like you're, you're resting all mark because he needs it and, and you can trust swayman but like if we're talking about you know riding a hot hand they needed to give all mark a break. So you're starting your number two rather than your number one goalie. You're it's the the last game before the holiday. <laughs> um, it's away in Florida. It's you know you almost want to write it off. They did have some issues that carried into the game against Carolina though, and that I think are are worth mentioning and of concern, which was the penalty kill. Um, they allowed three power play goals against Florida. They allowed two power play goals in the first period against Carolina and actually Montgomery after the game said, um, I thought we were a little hesitant on the penalty kill. Um, and he also said that he thought that they, they just looked not like themselves. And then Sacco, one of their coaches who is in charge of some of the special teams and penalty kill, um, had a talk with them after the first period and he thought they squared a few things away. So they might be on the uptick of that because they did look better on the penalty kill later on in the game against the Hurricanes. But, um, you know, there is a concern there um, with not being able to kill off as many as they have. And by the way, there is a little bit of relief coming because Forbert is coming back and he's one of their best penalty killers. And they were number one in the league on the penalty kill before they lost Forbert and the numbers have only gotten worse since he's been out so it feels like they're missing that reliable defenseman to just help with the clears clearing has been an issue clearing has been an issue and it's i think they've you may have already said this um so it might be repeating you but it's been six games in a row that they've given up a power play goal against so um it's definitely you know it's 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 probably a little bit more than just not clearing it like like i said earlier and and like you said too, like it's obviously a huge part of it, but um, there's pro- there probably is something that structurally they're just not maybe they're not being aggressive enough when when the opportunity presents itself. There was um, a little but, bit of an issue with rebound control as well today. I felt yeah. that sometimes there one time in particular, I think it, it was on one of the times that they scored. Allmark makes a positional save where he knows he can he doesn't have to to try to stop it like 
hold on to it. He can give up a rebound and push it, force it into the opposite side where there's space. And usually then defenseman forward grabs it, clears it, and they weren't able to do it this time. So it's just a disconnect maybe a little bit between defenseman and goaltender. Um, sometimes that can be fixed with communication um, or just maybe watching enough tape and realizing like, okay, we got to clear pucks out of, out of the front of the net a lot quicker, a lot more efficiently. Yeah, and you know, another thing too that'll help them not give up so many power play goals is not taking so many penalties. Uh, they've been going to the box a lot the last handful of games, and I think that obviously that does two things. Number one, it gives the opponent a higher probability of scoring on a power play, but also it, it tires out your penalty kill units, and it just and it just it gets the team out of sync, out of whack, five on five. There hasn't been a ton of five on five hockey the last couple of games for both teams, um, whether it was versus Florida or Carolina. And but yeah, you got to stay out of the box. There's been way too many. There's been way too many, uh, you know, stick infractions, um, high sticks. Um, a lot of high sticks. A lot of for high sticks. and against. I know you. Th- you think Mike Riley was out there, but uh, but he's not. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. but I will say, though, there were some questionable calls and non-calls uh in both of the last two games the florida game there was you know it wasn't the tightest the best refing refing job that they could have done and it felt like there was at least three missed calls against carolina where you know the bruins were on a penalty kill and then they got tripped and then you're thinking okay this will go four on four and then the arm stayed down and there was a few times where things got let go, especially a few trips that I can remember. Um, and then to state the obvious, getting the call wrong originally on the Krejci's goal that they waved off for goalie interference when Felino was clearly pushed into the crease, um, wasn't going there on his own. His feet were outside the blue paint, and then he got pushed right in um, onto Kachekov and made him not be able to – make the save, but that's on your defenseman. I think it was Pesci um, who ended up knocking Foligno in. I have no idea why it took so long to make that call on the replay. I have no clue what, what took them that amount of time because it was like, as soon as you see the overhead view of it, it's like, okay, I know, I know what this outcome should be, but they, they didn't. Uh, yeah, it took because, like what five minutes? <laughs> yeah, it felt like it, forever. It was it was four. It was four for sure. But it's just like I feel like they take that amount of time because because they call it no goal and, and and you know they they have to make sure that that it's completely the opposite if they're going to overturn what they called. But to that but to that point, it's just like I feel like referees in the NHL nowadays, when it comes to offsides, when it comes to um, you know goalie interference calls, whatever, they're so quick to wave off the goals because they know they can review it. But it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like it should be set, it should be just first nature to to just call it a goal and then review it. And if it's a no goal, you're gonna review it. But if it's if it's a goal and you're and you're and you're waving it off just because you want to cover your bacon, it's like, I don't know, it's just it's just it's annoying is all it is. It's like, you know, call it a goal on the ice because you couldn't have seen goalie interference. There wasn't goalie interference. So what are you calling? Like, it's just, it, it's like, you're just trying to be conservative, but that's just dumb. I don't know. So at least they got it right. Right. If we'd be obviously in a different tune here, if, if they call that a no goal, because they were afraid to overturn their original call 
Yeah, which yeah. felt like it felt like they were looking for any excuse to uphold the original call, and that's why they took so long. Um, yeah. They couldn't find it, and that, like I mentioned before, that crowd would have <laughs> been so so awful. And you well, know was- what? They probably don't win that game if the if the refs get that wrong. Maybe not. I was concerned that there was going to be a um, a repeat of what happened in New Jersey with all all the beer cans because once something goes on, viral on social media, people start to realize, oh, maybe we could do that then if we get pissed off. So, <laughs> but fortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, they called it a good goal. So, and you know, the Bruins deserved it because if that if if that wasn't a goal and they ended up losing the game, I would have been rip shit because I hate Carolina. Just there's something Carolina's tough enough to beat. You don't have to beat Carolina and the refs, right? So. And Rod Brindamore, you know, for a guy who played the game the way he did, I don't know what I don't know why he's, you know, so uh, skeptical. Like, it's like, buddy, what you, you have the replay in front of you? Like, you saw Felino didn't even touch him. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And Felino gets, you know, I feel like he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. They see him down there, and they're like, ah, oh, he probably interfered. <laughs> yeah, he he was giving that referee an full. I mean, that was. That was it was it was like he was talking to like his kid who was like, you know, did something his mom told him not to do or something. He was like in that ref's face. Um, like, no, 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 you're you're wrong. Will you do your effing job? <laughs> I um, hope he doesn't say that to his kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um one one person up front though, we haven't talked about today. We talked about him briefly last podcast, but he just continues to impress me. Um, is Pavel Zaka. Like he's just he's a He's a really, really solid player. Um, and I don't know in New Jersey if he just I, – I, I wasn't watching him on a gamely basis in New Jersey, so I, I'm not going to speak speak to his time there. But, I mean, people were frustrated with him there, Devils fans. Maybe he just didn't – I mean, we saw we saw Jake DeBrusque play not to his capabilities in Boston here, and it was because of, you know, off-ice reasons or he didn't like the coach or whatever. Something similar could have been happening like that for Zaka in New Jersey because he – He's a really, really smart hockey player. He's a he's one of the better skaters on the Bruins. The yeah, entire he's, roster. He is. He's he's a great skater, and he looks even better when he's playing alongside Krejci and Pasternak, and the speed that Pasternak has, and the playmaking ability that Krejci has. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know we're not even talking about Taylor Hall on that third line if it's not for Zaka showing that he's he's more than capable. And again, it's not. This is just it's good problems for the Bruins. Not, it's not a problem. It's 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 just good for the Bruins to have this this amount of depth and these different combinations that they can go to depending on situations and depending on opponent it's 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 all gravy you know let everybody get comfortable playing with each other it's 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 all good for me the one th- you know you don't want to have the same combinations all year and then somebody goes down and now you're in a situation where people are all out of sorts because they haven't played with this guy or that guy everybody yeah. seems to be having chemistry with no matter who they're playing with and they all get along which is apparent so it's it it, it looks like they're just rolling right now you know up front it, not only did the Bruins have, you know, well, five five check guys that were in the lineup tonight, six if Lau goes up. Not only did they have, you know, all those check players, there's check media, and the, there was two or three check um, speaking media members that interviewed Krejci and Pasternak after the game as well. And I was like, oh, I would love to like, just listen into what they're asking him. Cause who knows? I mean, obviously they're looking at everything from a completely different perspective. Um, but I do not in fact no check. So uh, I didn't get to hear that, but it's just funny how much of a, like a check presence there is on the team. And even, you know, you got to think that that helps Saka feel more comfortable um and be able to integrate into the team a lot faster 
and I'm just looking it up right now, but to 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 the point of of Zaka, looking at the time on ice today, he he was he was fourth in Bruins forwards in time on ice behind Marshan Bergeron and Pasternak. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that Montgomery really likes this, really likes what he's seeing out of him as a player too. It's not, you know, it's so he's doing he's he's making plays, you know, with and without the puck on his stick, and he's he's for a new player. He's fitting in just fine. In fact, he's doing more than fitting in. He's, you know, his his points might not be crazy right now or astronomical, but he's like I said, he's making things happen. He's a he's a smooth skater. He's a he's a very very skilled skater. He's good. He's good with the puck on his stick. Um, he's I a also, great addition for them. I, I have this feeling that he's been so close to scoring the last few games that's like it's right there. Like at some point, it's gonna go for him. Um, He's been getting, I, I can remember like a chance he had like low slot. That was just a really quick turnaround shot. And he, he's been getting to the net and I just feel like eventually for him, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna have to, you know, start going. It just seems like a matter of time Um, to further the point about just being able to see who plays best with everyone and the luxury they have with that and Montgomery wanting to try, try out different combinations because he can. And because eventually in the long run, you you have all this information and you're able to make say say at some point team does go stagnant and or like uh two periods of a game and it's it looks bad okay well we're gonna move you know the perfection line back together or or what have you uh to to push that a little further their defensive pairs the last few games they've been jumbling up as well um today I noticed, especially in the third period, because they only gave Strawman one shift in the third period. He only ended up with eight minutes and 44 seconds of ice time. So he was getting very minimal time towards as, as the game wound down and, and things got closer um, and it became crunch time. So they were trying all sorts of different combinations. Um, and... Last game they had Zaboral in. Uh, Clif- Clifton's played with it seems like everyone on the team at this point. Um, they were moving McAvoy with Grizzlick and Lynn Holm at different points, and it just feels like they were doing the same thing, which they had been more conservative with it in terms of defensive pairs. But over the last few games, you really see a lot of changes there. No, for sure, and 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 I actually, uh, I. I don't necessarily like it to to be honest with you, just because I really thought I don't think it's a coincidence that Clifton has gotten a little bit quiet the last couple of games, and that's because they've been trying to force feed the Carlo Lindholm pair, and it just it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work for me. And Zaboro Clifton Zaboro Clifton is not an ideal pair. Well, Zaboro Z- Bobby Orr is on an ideal pair right now. I am <laughs> I am very down on Zaboro. Um, I actually I, I I agree with you. I actually think Strawman has more upside as well as more downside so it's like kind of an interesting thing where it's like okay he's older sometimes he's a little slower to puck sometimes like he really doesn't have that offensive side of his game um so it, sometimes it feels like okay he's more of a veteran guy he makes some some plays he's supposed to make um but he could also be a liability so i'm like i i lean towards strawman but at the same time there's pros and cons with that too. Well, is Zaboral, it's just he's afraid he he's he's afraid out there. He he he's he's not at least Strawman will take a hit. You can't be it you can't be anybody in the NHL, but let alone a defenseman and be afraid to take a hit. Like, you know, you watch that play 
you watch that play against Florida, and it's a it's a massive goal against. I think the Bruins were, I think they tied the game one to one on a McAvoy power play goal, and then you know Florida goes down the other end. They dump the puck in. Zaboros first there. He's got nobody on him. He 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 felt the pressure. He had plenty of time. He he elected to just not get the puck because he knew somebody was going to eventually come and hit him. And he instead he tried to shield you know shield the oncoming forechecker who wasn't even there yet. Eventually the guy gets there, pokes the puck off his stick, pokes in front of the net, and Florida goes up two to one. Bruins up losing end up losing the game. And it's like it's not the first time this happened. It ha- I think it happened against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden where Zabor went back and just totally just didn't t- didn't play the puck because he didn't want to get hit. It's like, buddy, you are not a regular in this lineup. What? Who do you think you are? Not not going back to take like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so, and, yeah. And so that kind of just furthers the fact that Forbert, though they've still been winning, Forbert coming back in the lineup could be a big deal in 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 the long run in terms of not seeing a letdown because you see a little bit of cracks here and there from those guys that we mentioned. Um, and Riley, it doesn't look like he's coming back. Like it, it seems like he's getting dealt. Um, there, I saw some Providence Bruins reporters. Um, uh, I think Bruins network, which is my friend, Anthony Kwiatkowski tweeted that um, he had talked to someone who had heard of the Bruins trying to shop um, Riley and, and the deal would involve having to have the Bruins having to retain some of the cap hit, some of the salary. Um, so they're obviously looking into it, which we could assume anyway, but um, I had seen a little bit of reporting on that this week. And it just seems like the Bruins have given up on him completely. And I don't know if they elevate him back to Boston at any point before he gets moved. Um, I know the Rangers traded Ryan Reeves to Minnesota and the Rangers name have been mentioned in having interest in Riley along with Tampa Bay and Montreal and a couple of others. Um, So I'm not sure if the Rangers are trying to clear up space for an eventual move there. I'm not really sure. Obviously it seems like Riley's, you know, days in Boston are numbered. It's just a matter of, you know, he'd be gone yesterday if Sweeney had somebody to trade him to, to take him. Right. So um, 